The ice, the ice, the ice, the ice bath. bath. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It's gets gross. the people going. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. somebody hit the brakes oh wait there are none the ice bath doesn't have any brakes you're listening to the ice bath bath. so we're at we're a train in this scenario or yeah but bathtubs don't have brakes and neither does the show the ice bath it's like it's like cmu.ca overall if you don't like good student content then get off the tracks exactly this, this train it's got momentum and it ain't stopping for nothing and if you produce like good student CA5 content get train. off of cmru.ca exactly which is shocking that they allow us to do this again but yeah welcome to season two episode two of the ice bath the ice bath, the ice bath. bath. funny you mention it's funny you say that in that voice don because we have a lot to get into on today's Rachel. show Including the ice bath, the new Batman information that we got, and Dawson has all the scoops on that. Uh, As well, we got we got a bit of hockey talk to satisfy our sports fans. Um, some some reality TV show talk to satisfy me and Don. Uh, some book of Boba Fett, very very uh, polarizing series, I would say. Thus far, we're gonna get into that. Mm-hmm. And heads Star up, Wars. I, I did watch the episode. Uh, I did, however, sleep through the second half, so I'm not really sure what happened after well, a certain point. Half, the best That's half. unfortunate. Yeah, the second yeah. half was really good. Second half was really strong. But yeah, we got the return of one of the greatest video game franchises of all time, LEGO Star Wars. A release date has been set. And we will finish off our top Spider-Man movies with our top fives at the end of the show. I don't know if so I stick around and listen up. But I would like to start you guys off with a story. Ah, yes. Please, weave us a tale. A word tale. Heed this tale. Weave so, us a story uh, blanket. I was probably like 16, 17, or 18. I think I was still in high school. Maybe I was out of high school. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But my friend's sister... Wait, no, my sister's friend, my sister's friend uh, started a podcast. Uh, If you want to go listen to it, I believe it was called something along the lines of a Tinderella story. And basically, uh, it was the the first time a girl slid into my DMs was this girl to plug her podcast because my sister knew I was like going into broadcast media studies. It's like, oh, you should you should go listen to her podcast. It's really good. I did. I I hated it. Like it, they were like laughing about these really weird things. I'm pretty sure at one point they talked about what I thought to be like a sexual assault and were laughing about it. It was really, really, really weird. Yeah. But then, yeah. So this her she slides into my DMs asking why I don't like her podcast. And I was like, gee, and I was just reply with geez. First time, first time a girl slides in my DMs is to plug her bloody podcast. She asked now, you why you well, didn't like it, so you told your yeah. sister that you didn't like it. Yeah, well, because it was stupid at the time. But the moral of the well, story it's is, stupid I, now I'm too. a 
the moral of the story is I'm a hypocrite because I'm about to talk about my Tinder stories because I have a couple that I would like to share with you guys if that's okay. It was said that you would destroy this and not join them. I also have a podcast. Uh, before, before you go, I, I just, I'm going to assume that their production value wasn't that high. And we already have, I feel like a pretty solid production value, all things considered. Season one, we were literally in a radio booth and we were live, which is pretty cool. And we've kind of uh, maybe potentially downgraded a little bit technologically wise. That's a word. Also, in no, I, apparently. as far as that studio goes, I feel like the mics that Connor and I have might be better. Yeah, mine's not so great. Sorry, audience. You only have one person to apologize to, Dawson. You know who that person is? Uh, Connor's sister? God, or it's God. no. Oh, okay. It's God. All right, I'm sorry, God. And he doesn't accept apologies? No. Only well, sacrifices. And speaking of sacrifices, Connor's going to sacrifice his dignity by telling us his Tinder story. Isn't that right, let's, Mr. Gronsdall? Let's hear it. He's got the thousand-yard stare right now, so I'm not really sure what's going on. Someone has walked into his room. Oh, you live with him. When you know. Oh. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> Connor. He's forgotten where he is and who he is. He's got the Drew Barrymore disease from 51st dates. <laughs> and his rollover period is 2.54 p.m. I can hear you guys again. I couldn't hear you forever. Oh, okay. Uh, so, where were we? Where were uh, we? I had made a segue you? back to your Tinder story, and then you just we lost you for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the king is back, and you, but yes, I am a hypocrite, and I would like to tell you tell you a few Tinder stories that I have. A few, one is multiple. I, two, there's two. Uh, one where I think I was quite smooth. Well, you're always another. Smooth. Well, thank you, Dawson. All right, so the first one, this is with, uh, well, it was actually interesting because they both have the exact same name and spelled the exact same way. So I'd get, I'd get notifications from them and I wouldn't know who it was. Oh, like a little surprise. You'll have to open the gift. Yeah. Yeah. So with, we'll, call, we'll call this person uh, 1A. Like a math hey. problem. Hey, I think I've seen you somewhere before. She responds with, LMAO, actually? Or are you going to say in your dreams or something? Ha ha. I said, no, no, I'm serious. She says, actually, from where? I said, Instagram, I think. Yes, it's all coming back to me now. Everyone was losing their minds because you took a photo with like Kylie Jenner. Then everyone was like, damn, it's the most beautiful woman in the world and Kylie Jenner. Damn, I was wondering where that was going to go and I was kind of concerned. And maybe it's a little bit concerning, but overall, pretty good. What did she say after? She said, oh, f*** off with four laughing crying emojis followed afterwards. That's a good response, I think. That's a good response. That's a solid solid response. Right? Um. So, you know, crown my start. Strong start, Connor. Yeah, I said, and then I said, stick with me, and there'll be plenty more where that came from. Nice. Oh no, did you really? <laughs> I did, I did. 
And she said, you got me, but you also didn't. And I respect that. I said, LOL, it's adapt or die out here. That's pretty funny. <laughs> At any point, and did you segue this into a real conversation? <laughs> uh, I did. And I haven't heard back. So people, people just want Connor for the, the sexual deviant, not the, not the man. Right. Not the man. You got to follow that up with, I got a body count of over 50, whether it's true or not. Lying's yeah. a sin, Dom. Oh, I heard a good, I heard a good uh, joke today, actually. Um, what you do is you, you message them, uh, hey, are you here for good sex? And then if they respond, uh, they'll probably respond no. And to the no, you say, oh, well, you've come to the right guy. Because <laughs> uh, someone this morning texted the radio station that and uh, one, of the, one of the female hosts watches the line. So she just replied, no. And then he replied with, the, with that, with, well, you've come to the right guy. <laughs> She's like, I'm angry, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, to get into the next one, to set the stage, I I was watching the mighty Toronto Maple Leafs play hockey on Wednesday night in the midst of blowing yet another 3-1 lead and giving up five Ooh. unanswered goals. They did it again. Ooh, yeah. they're both falling apart. And this girl, uh, same name, same spelling, 1B, uh, messaged me first. So I, we, we had matched like a day before, and I... I wasn't really feeling it, you know, wasn't wasn't catching the vibe. So I just left it. And then like a day later during the Leafs game, she messages me. Hey, smiley face. I said, hey, what's up? She says, just hanging around. How about you? And I respond with not going to lie to you. I'm watching my Leafs blow yet another lead. I'm pretty miserable right now. Did she respond after that? She did. She said, oh, shit. Laughing, crying emoji, laughing, crying emoji, laughing, crying emoji. And I responded with, yeah, they need to add a defenseman before the deadline. Someone who can really lock down the back end. You know what I mean? Connor, why? She she responded with, bet I could do it. I play defense in ringette. Ringette can't be too hard. And I said, you know what? I bet you could. (laughs) Ringette is legit. And she says, I'm just kidding, laughing, crying emoji. And I say, that's a shame because the Leafs, all caps, really need a defenseman. Really committing to this Leafs bit. She said, I'll DM the coach. I said, if you succeed, I'll marry you on the spot. Uh, and, then it, actually- and then it devolves <laughs> into some BS where she's talking about ice cream. And, yeah, That's not awful. Ice cream. That's pretty good. That could be worse. Uh, you're getting you're getting a response. Uh, yeah, that... well, I mean, I'm. I believe Michael Jackson said it best. I'm I'm a smooth criminal. I believe Michael Jackson said it best when he said, "Hey, come here, little boy." <laughs> so, listeners, you may not have noticed anything went wrong, but through the magic of editing, we were actually gone for a little bit. A little bit of uh, internet problems here in the uh, royal area of Bonas. I went to Washington. Yeah. We also had a water main break this morning, but I don't think it affected our house. We did. There was a water main break somewhere in Bonas, but I, I mean, obviously didn't affect us. Uh, I just use sirens pretty much every day. So you just drown it out at a certain point. 
there's a lot of old people dying. I thought like I, I expected more cops pulling up on houses when I moved when we moved here, but uh, mm-hmm. mostly it's like paramedics <laughs> sitting out of these <laughs> outside these places, and uh, you drive by and like their sirens are off and you go, oh, someone's dead. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of dead. The Edmonton Oilers. Oh, hey. no, wait. I have a Tinder story really quick before I get into oh. the Edmonton Oilers. This is oh. actually related to the Edmonton Oilers, though, so I can, I can tie them in. Uh, no, no, not a recent one. <laughs> Kendra's right behind me, my uh, girlfriend, who it's about uh, when, when we met on Tinder. Soon to be. Well, she is already. Oh, God. That's her. Right. <laughs> she popped up behind me. From the shadows. Uh, when we met, which was on Tinder, so thanks Tinder, really appreciate that. That's my uh, that's my future wife right there. <clears throat> uh, when we met, I don't remember how it got on the topic, but we mentioned I mentioned that I love the Oilers or something, and and I said something like they need to score more goals or their defense needs to be better. Uh, and she replied with something that made me think that she watches hockey, so it was just like, yeah, they really need to get rid of this guy something like that and i didn't find out until uh months possibly a year later that she was googling things and just wanted me to think that she knew what she was talking about that's a she lied through her teeth kendra qualifies for the smooth criminal status shout out kendra she she pulled it off hey fake it till you make it she certainly pulled it off uh and on the topic of the oilers oh boy do they make me do they make me sad just so yeah. sad all the time. Well, I, I had the game up yesterday just on the background, and they, they were like, at the start, they were out shooting them like 30 to 13, and yet they were down 2 nothing. Then then the third period comes around. Every time I look up, 3 nothing, 4 nothing, 5 nothing, 6 nothing. It's so bad. Uh, I, I don't even know. I haven't watched the last couple games. So I can't even pinpoint exactly what it is they're doing wrong, but they need to fire their coach. That's for sure. Dave Tippett needs to go. Dave Tippett's head. Dave Tippett needs to go. Ken Holland needs to go. Honestly, Bob Nicholson needs to go. They all like the owner's so afraid of clearing the executive house out because it's a bunch of old boys that have been around since the glory days and he doesn't want to do anything about it. But yeah, they, he, needs, he needs to step in. It's, it's, I don't think it's a team level thing. I think, yeah. Well, look, looking at like the separation between my team, the Leafs and the Oilers, two teams are pretty close to the cap with some high, high priced forwards. You see the Leafs, who are big into analytics and are finding guys on cheaper deals, the Michael Buntings, the Andre Koshes, yeah. that can really help the team. And then you have the Oilers, who outside of Zach Hyman, there's no like value finds on that team whatsoever yeah and well they have a couple of guys that that really perform when they when they get a chance on the ice so they don't even if they have those value deals they can't figure it out because dave tippett won't give them any ice time because they'll they'll mm-hmm. put up the third line and the third line will play great they'll score a goal and he'll bench them and play Connor mcdavid and leon drysettle for another 20 minutes and yeah. it's yeah they, it's just so mismanaged it's well, and you know a team's truly broken when you have like an incident with the media, like the Leon Dreisaitl pissy thing, and then you come out the next game and get blanked six nothing. 
it's 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 ridiculous and when you have yeah. a, a a goalie openly showing disdain for what his coach is saying and the coach isn't going anywhere and the gm comes in and goes i don't believe in firing coaches mid-season that's great man that's not a view you should hold though because the coach is the problem hey. and i don't know what you're yeah. at the I end of the season you're going to be time. gone too if you don't fix this Holy and cow. yeah I, Jeez. I was I was just saying before you mentioned it we we've been talking about this for a few minutes now and not once have we mentioned the Oilers goaling or lack thereof because my goodness yeah like I said they they can't score but like I don't I don't blame them I wouldn't have any heart on a team like that either because like they lose eight in a row and the only last two games they won were when the coach was in COVID protocol uh, and they they go out there and they lose a bunch and they get bag skated. Like I don't think the problem is you punishing them. They clearly don't have cohesiveness right now. You can't just punish them and punish them and punish them. They've been punished for twenty years. Goaltending goal was definitely oh, a separate man. last night because, like I said, I was shooting them like thirty to thirteen early, and they're down to nothing. Yeah, yeah. That's I didn't watch the, the game too closely, but it's yeah, it's like with like the Leafs with Frederick Anderson last year. They weren't bad like freddie wasn't bad but like he wasn't giving the leafs a save when they needed a save because your defense isn't going to be perfect all the time yeah it's like a whole circle of non-confidence like they're not scoring so they don't get momentum the goalie's not making huge stops so the defensemen don't feel confident the defensemen Mm -hmm. aren't stopping grade a chances so the goalie is getting peppered and it's just all these things yeah you know where they're gonna you know where they're gonna oilers are gonna end up if they don't smart it up Quebec City. <laughs> Go Nordiques. But no, they're going to end up below deck, which ah. is also the name of a show me and Don watched last night. And might I say, absolutely electric. Fantastic I'm show. A, I'm not a reality TV guy, but wow. Hey, man, there's a couple of shows out there that you you watch an episode of it. And it doesn't matter how down on reality TV you are, you watch it and you go, hmm. I get it. Yeah. I get why people really like this. Yeah, I watched, is definitely I, one of those. I watched was... two seasons of Too Hot to Handle on Netflix Ooh. during the summer, which is the last thing you'd ever picture me doing. But I watched it and I like discussed it with people. Uh, I discussed it with Aiden and our, our fellow broadcasting friend. I also discussed it with Talia, also in broadcasting. It was wild. I didn't know so many people watched it, especially Aiden. Uh, but yeah, I watched. My two boss watches it. I remember we were in a like a big meeting, and he was talking about binging too hot to handle. <laughs> so, so I I have gained. So that's why when you got when Connor mentioned you guys were watching this show called Below Deck, which I've never heard of. Uh, awesome. I, I didn't. You know, usually maybe I would judge someone for watching such a show, but I caught myself doing the same thing with Too Hot to Handle. So I uh, I found myself intrigued by this show. I've only heard that it's takes place on like yachts. Uh, super yachts that. actually super we, yachts. Were, we were watching the sailing yacht actually last night which is a whole other a whole other system because it's got sails and it's a slightly smaller boat how how did that the the sailing the the sailing episode we watched how did those people who were on the boat afford to go on on a sailing charter because they I just assume like the all these white people... trash they're, they're the from guy California. was wearing an orange on orange jumpsuit. It looks like he was fresh out of prison. He had a handlebars. We were saying, I was saying, they looked like they could be extras in Sons of Anarchy. 
every single one of them which i agreed with i they don't yeah. really specify how these people are so rich but i i just i get the idea that they're probably either huge trust fund kids because there's a giant number of millionaires in the states because they're all they're all american guests for the most part uh or maybe british and then those guys they were from california so i get the sense that maybe it was a. Uh, they probably sold some tech company or something like you can get real lucky sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I come up with an idea and Google has bought it for five million dollars and now I'm rich. I mean, like, it just works be like that a, way sometimes. And I mean, an interesting relationship between the, uh, the the employees on the yacht and the people they're chartering, because most of them are trust fund kids one way or the other, the employees and the uh, the guests. Yeah, that's a good point because they talk about I mean, it like the one person is like, I grew up on boats and that is just, that you're rich. <laughs> the, first, the first time I heard, yeah, I've been a yachty pretty much my whole life. I think I threw up in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time I've heard someone talk like that, but the, I think they're definitely, I, I, aside from maybe the cooks, because yeah. the cooks aren't, aren't there because they're great at sailing, they're there because they're chefs, so... Mm -hmm. they might get a little more of a pass but yeah although actually i don't know because i i i met someone i knew someone that worked on cruise ships and i feel like it's a natural progression from cruise ships to yachting if you wanted to make that okay. jump and she's not rich she just got a job as a stewardess or whatever it is on a cruise ship mm -hmm. and moved to florida and did it for like two years okay. so yeah. you don't necessarily have to be rich but uh you gotta have some freedom Another idea I was talking about was with Don last night while we were watching how me and Don should start our own yacht club, the Boness Yacht Club, where we take dinghies out on the Bow River. Yes, it'll totally be safe idea, on the Bow Dawson? River. Sorry, I was reading something. <laughs> What's up? I well, then bad. you're not related like... to the Boness Yacht Club. Boness exactly. Yacht Club. You guys have an, you have the Bow River next to you. What kind of That's what we were talking about. We get some yeah, dinghies. Yeah. We bring her out there. Dinghies. Set not... sail. Dinghies. All right. Yeah. I'll bring my. I need a life jacket. I'm not the most confident. No, swimmer. that's not allowed no. in the bonus no. yacht club. Yeah. Only, if the current only... takes you, the current takes you. Fair enough. You're only allowed to wear matching tops and bottoms as well. Oh no, really? No mixing and matching colors. Yep. They all have to be in a light primary. Hue. Oh, Are we I was going to say primary match? colors only. No, no matching. No. We can't match. No. So how are we going to tell each other apart right. in an emergency? Uh, that you're like that? six. Eight, matching could I'm be like cute. If we're allowed to, we're allowed to, we're allowed to match if we wear if we have like bonus yacht club things and we have like embroidered our names on it, like Connor G. Connor Do you know how to embroider? Are we paying for this embroidery? I mean, yeah. I mean, we're in Boness. We'll we'll get sponsors. You the know? more we talk, mm. the higher our budget goes. Yeah, we'll get. We'll we'll, we'll talk. Maybe we can talk to Below Decks, and you know, Below Decks. Get them the river get yachting. Them the front of it. Below exactly. Deck, Bow River, River Yachting. All right, so we have no guests. It's uh, just us trying yeah. not to die. <laughs> no, the yeah, show's wild, so. Dawson. You should check it out because there's a uh, like. These people stuck on the boat. Oh boy, are they horny? And uh, oh. oh boy, is it awkward sometimes? It's yeah. it's pretty crazy. There's in the um in the regular show right now because there's below deck, below deck Mediterranean, and below deck sailing yacht. Then below deck regular, 
there's a guy who's uh, engaged and he has made out with one of the guys on the ship a bunch of times. Um, and he recently made out with one of the girls on the ship. Now they say they didn't have sex, but they were naked in that bed. So I don't believe it, but they're, they're allowed to get physical. Yeah. There ain't no rules against it. I'm just used to too hot to handle where that's the point is you're not allowed. It's like the whole point no, of the show. No, the point of the show is like they, they have different hosts of guests on there. Um, so they'll have a group of guests and then it's them trying to like make the experience best for them. And then there's different, like they can request things like, oh, I want a candlelit dinner on the beach on this day and that couple kind of thing. And then at the end, uh, how well they did determines how much the guest tips them. So on on like a really good charter uh the guests might give them uh like just over 2k uh a person as a tip see the tipping part and like the arranging everything that sounds very wholesome and then you describe the engaged man going around cheating on his spouse with multiple people yeah that's wholesome yeah he's a he's a deviant that's for sure but it's funny because Cause there's another, there's the, there's the gay guy that's on the ship and then there's another guy and you can tell the other guy is like kind of jealous of it, but he's just got no game at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the gay guy just only wants the engaged guy. So it's like, <laughs> it's like no one's interested in this other guy. <laughs> I feel bad for him, but he's also annoying. Connor, what, what, what stuck out for you in that episode last night? Uh, which one, the, uh, the regular one or the sailing one? The sailing yacht one. Uh, definitely when they were washing the deck and instead of like using cleaning materials, they just poured diesel on the deck and like, oh, oh that smells yeah. like diesel. Uh, how do you make that mistake? <laughs> that, you, where did you get this diesel from? Well, they were saying like, oh, someone put diesel in this cleaning canister. That screams to me that the producers did that because things were going yeah. too smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that that has to be because it was like, oh my god, we put yeah. diesel on the deck, and then it would cut to the yeah. captain going twenty minutes until the guests arrive. <laughs> like, oh, we got to clean up this gas in twenty minutes, man. What are we gonna do? And then yeah, another, first charter. Another big, another big thing for me was Jean Luc. Instead of instead of oh, watching Jean-Luc. the two guys paddleboarding on the ocean, was was flirting with the two uh, females. Players well, got play MILFs. Then. So call them MILFs. Yeah, uh, MILFs. And then the people got lost. And that leads us into the next episode. Will Jean Luc find these lost guys? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Bum, bum, bum. It's always a really anticlimactic solution because they make it so yeah. so huge. And then it's really Dramatic. simple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jean Luc. Great show. I'll give it to Luke. Yeah, I'll give it to John Luke. He is pretty dreamy, but not as dreamy as Edward Patterson, star in the newest installment of the Batman series. Robert Wilson as Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Pattinson the Bear. Edward Patterson, star of Twiglight. Twig. Cedric Diggory, the star of the new Batman movie, which Dawson has some new information for us. Yeah, so yesterday there was some new news. The Matt Reeves, the director, uh, gave us gave the people of the world access to like an official release of the theme for the movie, which was 
Hell yeah, you did. It's like seven minutes long. It's really cool. And it's, it's really awesome. And it's awesome. Ooh. Yeah, here's, I listen to Here's it a bleep for you, Connor. It's fucking sweet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, in, in addition to that, the runtime for the movie was announced at a whopping two hours and 55 minutes, which is God creeping into Avatar territory. Yeah. Yeah, well, for from my perspective, I love that. You see a lot of people on the Same. internet lately. They, you get a bit of both. You get people that are like, "That's awesome! I want nothing more than this movie to be like five hours long," and people describing like, "Oh, if if it's that long, they can probably dig into some of this and some of that," and like they're hoping that there's going to be a lot more depth in certain parts of Batman. A lot of people feel like, specifically, like the detective aspect of Batman isn't as explored in the like the live action movies as much, and they're that's true. Movie, they, there's been like reference to the that's what they're going to focus on a little bit more and so people are hoping they really dig into that uh, that would which, be really cool which yeah so like with how uh, it's also being described that the movie is like on the cusp of being a horror movie yes kind of reminds me of like seven and it's just like if you could mix like batman and like seven together like what that would be like that is just really fantastic cool. well it's like um, dc tries tries to copy disney and it's like what you have is being dark except don't yeah. do it with superman but like you can't make batman light it's good when it's dark yeah establish so, that people like it best that way so people are excited to see the kind of depth they can go into with that and then you have like other people that are complaining about how long the movie is and they they think movies should be like 90 minutes long at the most and because you know people have stuff to do in their lives and people have small bladders and that sounds like some garbage uh, film Twitter opinions. Yeah, well, because like for me, it's like if I'm gonna see a movie that long, if I like the movie, if I'm if I'm ugh, if I'm excited enough for the movie, I'm gonna see it. I don't care how long it is. But if I did have a small bladder or something of that uh, magnitude, I would prepare for it. I just yeah. wouldn't eat anything. I wouldn't drink anything watching the movie. Like I would go in knowing I ain't leaving this theater for almost three hours. Mm-hmm. And I never had a problem with that with any movie I've seen. So I'm very excited. The only movie I've ever had a problem with it in was American Sniper. And what was your problem? You Mom's favorite movie. I had, American to, I had to pee. I had to pee. And it's I I haven't watched it again since. I don't really plan on it because it's <laughs> I don't really agree Sniper with the story, but <laughs> not to get <laughs> into that, I really had I really had to pee. And it hurt. It like physically. I think it's the closest I've ever come to bursting my bladder. I actually like straight up hurt. Very yeah. uncomfortable. That's fair. That, that XL Coke was a mistake. I was on a date too, and it was just like I was sweating through my hand more oh. because I had to pee so bad. And the whole time I'm just like, don't, don't leave. You can't leave. You gotta stay. On a date to see American Sniper. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't work out. Surprisingly yeah. enough, it wasn't Brittany. This was uh. Oh, I think this was in grade 12. Yeah, because I drove my mom's car. Yeah. God. So that I was in high school. I was in Dawson, high school. Dawson, how old would that make American Sniper? 2015. Uh, Don- I'm sc- okay, good. I was scared that Connor was going to make an age joke. He was getting close. Well, I was, 2015. I, was trying to, I was trying to set you up. No, I, I made a mistake yeah. last week. I, I, I lobbed you, you a fastball down the middle. Right? You need to hit it out of the park. Oh, no, I got called out for being mean last week because I was delving into old Connor territory and I regretted it. You know, I stooped down to a level that I wish to never stoop down to again. 
and I apologize, Don. My age you're, has been declared off limits. You're as young as you feel, and uh, yeah, that's and I totally feel up. real. I feel real old. Dawson, I was awake at three forty-five in the morning this morning. I, I heard. I do Connor not feel. Me. I do Connor not feel me. young. Connor told me. But he you were up at three forty-five before you. Yeah. <laughs> you up at three forty-five? I wake up at three forty-five. That, that was like nah that <laughs> 15 minutes i think i think i fell asleep around 3 30. christ man just we're before on, my on, alarms start going off we're, we're doing we're doing shift work here you know like, <laughs> someone the someone's gonna palette. someone's gonna watch that house exactly yeah. i mean under sleeps. constant threat Back when I was bartending, I would consistently be coming home uh, just as the sun was starting to rise, and my dad would be leaving oh. for work, and I'd and I'd come in, and he'd because we'd like go party, and then I'd come home at like six in the morning, oh. and uh, on like a sun or on like on like a Monday because we'd party on the Sunday, and I'd come in, and my dad's like up having coffee, read the newspaper, I'd go, hey dad, how's it going? I'm going to bed, as he's about to leave for work. God. And then I'd wake up when would, he came home, and it was great. I feel like I would love to hang out with early 20s Don. Seems like an animal. <laughs> I was about to say, hey, man, I'm still in my early 20s. And I'm not. That's really sad. <laughs> I was like, well, I was like 18, 19 when this was happening. Late teens, early 20s. This is, late, this is late teens Don. I went. I partied for a bit. I partied for a few years. Don's uh, lived now, now, we've, now we've settled down in bone ass. I've lived a life. Yeah. I can still party. The amount of stuff Don did between the ages of 18 and 21 is probably more than I'm ever going to do. Yeah. Don't say that, Dawson. But on the same time, I did jump around a lot. <laughs> I did I did a lot of stuff. I had an apprenticeship that I quit. I bartended for a bit and then got this job. And yeah. Yeah. Mm. You should, uh, you should make like a mini series or a book about your life and call it The Book of Don Sutherland. Yeah. I have a picture of the actor. To sell yeah. copies, not that you who, would face who would play who would play Don in a biopic of himself? Actually, I know the uh, answer. It's Joel McHale. Yes, <laughs> fifty-year-old Joel McHale. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet, Tom Timothy, Holland. Uh, Tom, no. Tom Holland is those too guys, short. Those guys, those guys are both like brunettes. Tom Holland on stilts. Have, have great Nate, hair, like myself. Nate from Euphoria. If you guys have watched Euphoria. No. Isn't that the show from like about high schoolers who are doing heroin and having sex all the time? Pretty much. Yeah, it's fucking I awesome. See, I love it. I see it's a, a lot great of great show about like skimpy outfits they wear. Yeah, because their outfits are ridiculous. Well, it's like two of them specifically. There's two characters that are always dressing like outlandishly, and one of them is because she, she tries really, really hard to stick out, and the other character, she's trans. And it's just her style, so it's like a little more on theme. Uh, but her style is just kind of crazy, and they kind of talk about it a little bit. Like there's little jokes about what she's wearing, but it's a really good show. It's it's an A24 show, so A24 still is yet to miss. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's well, an A24 uh, HBO like joint production. Well, oh. Mana wants to watch that, but we haven't yet. We got a long list. We're going through all the Star Wars movies, and she doesn't realize how. Yes. Long She's like, there's not oh, that much sure. there's not that much euphoria there's you, you there's can skip eight episodes. seven or nine yeah I, I told her that i, I said well, we're doing the first six but we can probably skip the sequels yeah mm -hmm. no thank you watching phantom menace no. twice to make up for it 
Yeah, we got to do Clone Wars and like Rebels and Bat. Oh, I didn't even think about Bad Batch. I didn't tell you about Bad Batch. Yeah, well, she said she wants to watch it. And Mando and Book of Boba, which we can That's that's quite a lot of content. I know what she was like. We'll do it. It it took it. And Don will probably understand this more. I don't know if Connor's watches. It took us a month to watch Midnight Mass, which is seven episodes. It's one season. Took us a month to watch it because we. Like I've already seen it, so I was fine. But she w- trying to get her to watch it. It took us a month, and then I'm talking about Star Wars with her, and she's like, "Oh yeah, we'll do it." And I'm like, "You have no idea. If it took us a month to watch that, we're gonna like be one foot in the grave by the time we get through all the Star Wars movies." Star Wars is a little bit less dense. Midnight Mass is pretty dense. If it's you because you kind of you have to pay attention to quite a bit really? of it, but yeah, well, there's, a, gotta... there's a lot. It's like all monologue. <laughs> That gotta, show is like yeah, all every, every character's got like a moment where they have five minutes to themselves where they talk. Whatever. It's the only problem. The only problem I had with that show is just you'd get like 10 minutes of someone just going off about something that yeah. really didn't need to be done. <laughs> well, the first time I watched the show, I was absolutely in awe. Like I loved every mm-hmm. second of it. Second time watching, I noticed it a bit more. And I'm like, okay, this character didn't have to talk so long. <laughs> but I still love mm-hmm. Midnight Mass. Not that we're talking about that too much. Quick review. Yeah, Amazing. and I, I talk about it more, but I don't want to ruin it for Connor because yeah, it's a really yeah. good show. Um, I've seen it. What do we have? Do we have anything else on the list before we get to well, Bitter Man? Check out, check out this segue. Uh, so, Dawson, how, how are you going to watch these Star Wars films? Are you going to start with A New Hope and finish off with The Book of Boba Fett, which is... I, well, Sorry. I had I had that converse we had that conversation because I was telling release her, date versus chronological. Well, exactly. I told yeah. her I was like, are we gonna watch episode one first or episode four first? And she was like, why would you watch episode four first? And so I had to explain that episode four came out first, <laughs> and they didn't have the episodes like like numbered like that. Then they did. The can imagine did. Dawson like laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me oh, tell you, Mana, you will learn. You will You've learn, opened so. up Wasp's Nest. Yeah, I was like, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi was first, and then the prequels came out. And once the prequels came out, then they numbered them. So I we I think we decided to go chronological. Or no, she wanted to do release date. She wanted to do A New Hope first. So we're going to do that. And so we'll probably do nice. those three, the prequels. Counterpoint uh, yeah. to that, because uh, my my friend Caleb, he watched them in chronological order with his fiance and she yeah. was legitimately surprised when Senator Palpatine turned out to be the villain. And I thought that was yeah. hilarious. So <laughs> yeah. I say that you should do chronological just cause I want to see if that happens well, again. Well, that's what I thought, but I, I was also thinking about the empire strikes back reveal. And I, I wondered if that would have the same impact if you watched it chronologically versus by release date. She's got to know that one already, though. No, she doesn't. I asked her. I I made sure to ask. I was like, "Do you know anything about Star Wars?" And she was like, "Oh my god, right? She's she's not from North America." Oh my god, this is such an opportunity. You should okay. Never mind. I I I I take it back. You should do it. Me me and Dawn are gonna join you to watch the movies with Mana. (laughs) Dawson. Dawson. Yeah, double date. You do you do Empire? You do New Hope Empire? Then you go back to Phantom Menace. I considered that too, because that's like the like that's what people recommend sometimes. Is they're like, you mix, you mix, go and go back and forth. Yeah, because then then his Vader's redemption arc makes more sense. Yeah, well, I I I would say 
I also feel like that uh, Palpatine thing, even if I watch it in release date order, I think it could still happen. I'm pretty sure he's referred he's to a little, as Emperor he's too much in, He's in Return of the Jedi too much, I think. Because yeah. he's like, it's, it's just straight up him. Whereas yeah. in... In Empire, I think he's just like walking alongside him with his hood down, and you couldn't really tell. You couldn't tell. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to like avoid saying specifics because she's sitting right behind me, so I have to mention moments as in. Oh, okay. So that's, that's why I'm being not very specific with what. Can I'm she saying. hear us? Oh, she's looking at me right now. Can she hear us? Yeah, she's talking to me right now. She well, was can she, she hear you? No, she can hear me though. Were you really going to the bathroom then, Dawson? <laughs> I did. No, I, I had poutine. Hey, oh. and it was wreaking havoc on me. Some McDonald's Disgusting. poutine. That'll do it to you. But you want to know who else All is right. in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi? Please enlighten Luke us. Skywalker. Boba Fett. Which That's is true. Where we leave him off. And then he returns, crawls out of the Sarlacc pit in the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> The gloved oh, Mandalorian hand of things. Boba Fett, claws at the <laughs> sand, the twin sons of Tatooine. Uh, <laughs> all right. Maybe the best moment of this series so far. I believe. Is the opening scene. It's very, it's straight from, and Pat Oswalt straight up wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely I love, love that they let him do that. Yeah. I believe it's Spider-Man time, guys. We were just talking about Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, well, what, what's this jump? Because we're running long, and we have 15 movies to talk about, and some of them are the same, but it's going to take us a bit to get through here. Oh. Five between each of us. I mean, we can, we can buzz through Boba Fett. We'll see you in episode three when we tell you our top five Spider-Man movies. <laughs> oh, the episode of Boba Fett. Uh... Oh, yeah. Well, I know Fennec Chand is around. She's got um, a robotic uterus, I think. Um, that's what I gathered <laughs> from that. Uh, Thundercat, the musician, if you guys know who that is, he looks exactly like the doctor guy that did that cyberpunk style to her. Uh, I didn't know Tatooine was so cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, I and I made this comment. I've seen the first one. I was like, they straight up ripped off Cyberpunk. They <laughs> really ripped it off in this one with the uh, with the modder, whatever. Yeah. Like, that's just straight that up a like guy from Cyberpunk. Up. It's like the like, first mission you do. <laughs> if this was on like a more high tech place and not like a desert wasteland like Tatooine, it, they might be able to make it work. <clears throat> but the way they've done this is it's so out of place, you know? It definitely, yeah, feel, I'm, I'm okay it definitely feels a little odd. Yeah. Unlike, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not sure what we can say about the worst high speed chase of all time. It wasn't that wasn't very high speed. Man, there's nowhere there's nowhere to go yeah. but up after that one. I, yeah. I was, if this episode didn't get glowing reviews from most people I know, I was not gonna watch it. Yeah. No, the and like the the cyberpunk kids are driving there. Their their cake mixer bikes straight from the fifties, like it's like uh, every, every, everything on Tatooine has got these very like bland tones and like gray and everything's dusty. And then there's just these guys with these shiny metals and bright colors. Hey, and it's like what? Maybe Tatooine's going through a renaissance. You know, people are becoming robots. Yeah, 
it's just it's they're really it, the the values it's going up property value and therefore everyone else is getting richer all the gentrification kids, all of tattooing yeah the kids say they like, don't have any work but they spend all their money on these fancy bikes it could happen <laughs> i don't there is no work mighty to die mo it's like all the kids in that you would work for me with iphone 13s i am boba fett yeah, it, I am. Both yeah, I I, feel, I think it would work better if yeah. I think it would work better if there's like if they were like dusty and like not so fancy looking, but and just faster, really takes you out of it. They just spit Fa- faster than a big wheel Every goes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough man. Like, it's that was that was a rough scene. Yeah, episode three was tough to sit through. Episode four got yeah. better, even though Don fell asleep halfway through it. I will rewatch one, that second half, but I I conked out real quick. One one more thing on that: the the crime bosses that he was talking to had accents. None of the Twi'leks have accents, and it's really bugging me. I guess Don hasn't seen this, so I'll talk straight to Dawson at the crime I mean, boss scene at the end where he's having dinner. Yeah, and they're all they're all talking like their accents. Because that's what people have from different places and species, and yeah. then, and then, yeah, Twilight's are supposed to be Ma- French. Mayor's assistant sounds like some loser. I don't know how to describe it. Well, it could, you could just do that. The Hera excuse: Hera has an accent as a kid, and she doesn't as an adult. It only comes back when she's on her planet. Yeah. But he also just has a like goofy voice. That fair. one Twilight yeah. guy is like, "It's me, the um, Twilight." <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes. Um. Uh, it would uh, uh appear that the uh, mayor is uh all booked up. So if you would like to uh, reschedule, I could. I can maybe get you in at a later date. It's just like, uh, I. It doesn't do it for he me. He sounds you know? goofy. He would sound goofy yeah, as a human though, it. too. But precisely. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. Now it's you know the George Lucas world building thing is because like. It brings you in like oh these these people are from here that's why they sound this way and these people are from here that's why they sound this way like the dragon people or like the scale people kind of sound like snakes you know or Gen- reptiles Gen- yeah dragon thank people? you yeah Who? like Bosch. Like i'm not yeah. oh, oh okay i don't know what they're called but okay yeah they sound a certain way and then this twilight sounds like joe blow from down the street it's like I'm a little disappointed that they're doing the translator thing instead of having the alien voices. Like that makes me, it takes me out of it a little bit because I want to hear the, I want to hear the Athorian go. I don't want to hear him yeah. talk in a voice. Mm-hmm. Give me subtitles. I will, I will, Have some backbone, Disney. That's fair. I will give them one thing though. The the Shadow Collective looks dope as. F- they do look cool. I think yeah. I think they're very well done. Which yeah. could save Shadow Collective look could cool. Save the series. Yeah. You know what series doesn't need to be saved though? Lego Below Star Deck. Wars. Oh, and, uh, that too. But Lego Star Wars because it is coming back. Yeah, April uh, April fifth. April fifth. It it's looks. Been... It's supposed to re- be released like a year and a half ago. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, all the developers are just being killed in their office just that, trying to get this game out. That's what I was reading. Out. Uh, that's something I was looking into when you guys were talking about Below Deck, as I found an article talking about the extensive crunch at TT Yeah, the Games. crunch has been real bad. Um, uh, I, yeah, I, things uh, come to those who wait. I mean, like, 
me not buying the game isn't going to change anything, but the, the, the culture sucks. Yeah, apparently they were given more time to work on this game, and that didn't help. Like, the crunch was still really, really bad. It, it does... It does look like it's, they even, they haven't just like remastered the complete saga. Like the game's no, different. They re, so all, they new, like all new all mechanics. New. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. I think I know. one of my one of my favorite aspects about it was they have like different modes, like different things that change up the game. Like in the the mm-hmm. end of the trailer they released, because one thing people have been a little decisive on um, with the Lego games over the last while, it says like classic Lego games. No one spoke. It was just like the mumbling. But then in future games, they started taking clips from the movies that the games were based off of. So you could hear like like Oscar Isaac was actually Poe Dameron or something, for example. I don't know if that's actually the case for the Force Awakens Lego game, but it could have been. Um, but with this game, I think I think everyone has a voice, but they do have a mumble mode you can turn on that makes it all mumbled. And so it makes it sound like the mm. classic Lego games, which is really cool. I saw that people uh, are really excited about that, but it's cool that they have full voice actors. Yeah, so I like. I'll definitely be doing it like that. I might. Yeah, I'll switch back and forth probably. Um, I'll probably just turn Mamba mode on at the end of uh, episode nine, so I have to hear Ray Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) You just Um, the last three, huh? Yeah, and one thing that's like, Uh, I gotta platinum the game though. Yeah. Oh, I definitely want to get all the achievements in that one. One thing that I was curious about is because they were there's been a lot of hype about how many characters in this game? There's supposed to be over 300 characters. And I was wondering, like, is that all just from the movies? Are they going to put characters in from the shows and games or whatever? And I, I found out yesterday that they're having character packs. I don't know if they're going to be for to buy or if they're coming out for free or whatever, but there's there's some based off of Rogue One. There's some based off of Mandalorian. Um, there's one called the Classic Characters Pack. And there's one for Bad Batch, which is really cool. Um mm. So I'm interested to see what that will be. And then there's one called the Troopers Pack. So I'm curious what that will be. Maybe it'll have some of the, like the Clone Wars characters or something like that, which would be really awesome. I, It'd be really cool if they Im- incorporated them somewhere. Because all that stuff's canon. So. In the Complete Saga, my favorite ones to play were always like two and three, because you always got to do like all the Clone Wars stuff and play as clones. So I think it'll yeah. be even better now because of how the game mechanics have changed. And it's more like first person, not like 2D. Yeah. Well, I saw like in that screen that showed all the modes uh, where they turn on mumble mode, there was one that was called like classic mode or something. And I was curious if that somehow changed the Ooh. camera angle to make it look more like a classic Lego game. I was curious what that would yeah. entail. And going off of your like character packs thing, it could be interesting if they like in the future release expansions to keep the game updated with like the Book of Boba Fett's playthrough yeah. or the Mandalorian playthrough or like Rogue One and solo playthroughs. Yeah, there's so much Star Wars stuff that they could and all that stuff's canon like that's what like it's called the skywalker saga and that's kind of what scared me is that it would just be the movies um but with all these character packs and stuff there's some good potential and i would really hope that they would take everything that's canon and kind of incorporate it together because i feel like a lot of that stuff a lot of the time stays separate i feel like mandalorian's been really good at incorporating those things together like movies and like clone wars and stuff but i feel a lot of Mm -hmm. things typically keep them separate um, so it'd be cool if the Lego game somehow incorporated all that stuff together, especially since there is a, a Clone Wars Lego game. That would be cool if they incorporated yeah, some stuff from that. Well, so, excited. I think it's time, without further ado, to finish our Spider-Man rankings. Spider-Man. Yeah, 
We know all Spider of man. you Spider-Man. We have to yeah. say about Spider-Man. That's why you're here. Uh, who went first last time? Don? I think it was Don. Me. Spider-Man. It was me. Yeah. Should I, might uh, as well keep that keep order. Back? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, little vape cough. Uh, that's another good thing about doing this out of the studio. Yeah. I I can vape. You didn't stop. You Open, didn't openly, I can openly vape. <laughs> let's not let's not dive into it any further. Uh, <laughs> I have a number five ready to go, and it yeah. is. I don't know if this will come through on the microphone. It's it not coming through on the microphone. Uh, I was we'll, drum rolling. We'll put that uh, in, in post. Spider Man No Way Home is my That's number, your five. number five. Wow. It's my number five. Because nice. while I while I love it, it was fantastic. It was an excellent movie going experience in terms of my favorite Spider Man films. And um I'm also including the ones that I think are the best too. Uh it comes in at number five because you know that story's got when you look at it cut a lot of holes there's a lot of holes in that story there's a lot of things that could have been done differently that would have just made the plot not happen mm-hmm. um it was a great way to get you know everyone back together that was really cool and those scenes were awesome andrew garfield has my heart and i love it and i will continue to love it but it's number five because as a as a whole spider-man film as a spider-man story it's it's not quite as good as some of the other ones that being said, loved it, and I will always love it. Very okay. Dawson of you with loving the film. Yeah, I like but ranking it low. My Which, number I mean, five. I mean, low, low all considered, all things considered, there's a you know, there's there's some top tier Spider Man movies out there. Yeah, my my number five is Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, Tom Holland's first. Uh, First, uh, first time taking on the role. Um, just think it's a good, fun, coming of age, high schooler story. And I really, specifically, I really like the music in it. I like when there's like throwback tunes. I think they use the the Ramones in it. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, before we get copyright strike, we won't continue. Yeah. But I really like the soundtrack. I think Michael Keaton's really good as the Vulture. Oh, he's great. Just, uh, yeah, there's solid, solid film. Not as not as good as the ones I have above it, but uh, thing things like the soundtrack and stuff put it above the bottom three movies. Michael Pe- so, Michael yeah. Keaton is is awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dawson, your number five. Uh, my number five also Spider Man Homecoming. Good uh, man. I, I I like the the high school aspect of it. Um, the soundtrack was really good, and I like that for like a. It seemed more, and I don't know how to describe this without maybe sounding bad, but like kind of like childish or kind of like in naive. That, he was sure. a teen. He was a yeah. Well, not him specifically, but the movie itself just felt like it. And I'll, I'll describe this, I guess, I guess, a bit better, but like kind of like lower stakes, kind of like a tinier story compared to like that's the true. I like the tone of that where it's like they're able to take. Mm-hmm. A, like a, a superhero movie, but not make it have to do do better than the, than the last movie. You know, like the, all these movies yeah. try to like top the last one, and this movie it felt nice that it got, it got to like take a step back from that a little bit. 
but despite being a little more lower stake and a little like more friendly, they were still able to have like a cool twist of like Michael Keaton, Keaton being um, Liz's father, which is like still like quite like a oh moment when you when you watch it, which is still pretty cool. <laughs> that even though it was like a lower stakes movie, it didn't stop them from having like cool gut wrenching moments like that. Like Michael Keaton is fantastic. Like the the conversation he has with Peter in the car when they both figure out who each other are. Real good like, tension. Yeah. And so even for like a movie that seems more like on a lower scale, it's cool that it can still have moments like that. Um I I liked it. I know it is yeah, again, it's not my favorite Spider-Man movie, but I still I still really like it a lot as uh, an MCU Spider-Man movie. How yeah. well thought out of you, Dawson. I try. I Very would eloquently I would agree with you. Yes, and and to the lower stakes thing, yeah, that's a that's a problem that all these Marvel movies have. It's like, why does the world always have to be ending? It's like yeah, even yeah. the first Avengers, like the stakes are pretty low. They were never really like Loki was never going to win that. Loki was no. never there. Thor, the first Thor, I think is the best example because like, oh, it's going to get destroyed. This shitty town in Texas, like nothing's going to yeah. happen. It's really not that big of a deal. Uh, but but it's, it's still like a cool superhero story. The, Shang-Chi and Eternals really just like if we don't stop this everything is going to end how do you go up from there you got no room to grow yeah yeah um well my number four Spider-Man 3 which I recently rewatched and you know what for all the guff it got when it came out it's pretty solid it's a good it's a good film even the Bully Maguire stuff like I I don't remember it being explained as as well as it it was when I rewatched it, like okay, yeah, no, he's super weird, and it's it's made clear that he's being weird. He's being a huge dork because the symbiote is just messing with his head, and like as goofy as it looks, it it makes sense to me, and I really enjoy it. And the villains are cool. His suit is cool. Venom is a little too mindless, but I get what Got they're going for. Grace. Topher Grace, although he doesn't look like Eddie Brock, you know, he I think he plays the part pretty well. Um, I'm not as much of a purist in, in that way, but, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, yeah. For my number four is also Spider-Man three. Let's just get that out of the way. I uh, agree with everything you've said so far, Don. Um, thank you. I Tom. think it's def- definitely a step back probably from the other two Spider-Man films that Sam Raimi did, oh, but yeah. it's not, not bad <clears throat> by any stretch of the imagination. Just, the expectations get so high. Sort of it's almost like those two. Dark, Dark Knight Rises coming off of the Dark Knight. How do you top that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, definitely. Probably, probably one too many villains, but I think a solid, a solid ending to the Tobey Maguire era. Once again, yeah, many memes. Absolutely. For now. Love to see it. Ho- Hobgoblin bum, is, bum, is bum. very well done. Yeah, I like that. I was going I was about to say shout out James Franco, but I don't think I can say that. <laughs> shout out James Franco just for that one Maybe. time frame. Yeah. yeah. The character just for that. Um Well, my number 4, we're going to be making it a three-way with Spider-Man 3. Oh, oh look at that. Um, that might be the first I, time we've agreed on a ranking across the board. I think so. One of the few times, Homecoming yeah. was close because Homecoming was my number six, and it was Ooh. your guys' number five. But well, we did it. Um, Good job, everybody. Yeah, I for me, like, I like Spider-Man Three. It gets a lot of 
a lot of hate. I mean, I, I, I have two Spider-Man 3 posters on my wall behind me. Obviously, I like the movie, and I admire that, like, Sam Raimi, like, I think it was, a lot of it was, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, studio pressure to, to, that he had, the amount of villains that he had. Like, I remember reading that he didn't actually want to do Venom, um, but the studio really wanted him to, and so he had to fit Venom in there. And so I would say... Mm, that for, sucks. For, for the studio pressure that he had, I think he still came out with a pretty solid movie. Because you hear a lot of movies that have studio pressure like that don't often work out so well. Yeah. Um, but I know they rushed the film too, which is always a, a crappy thing to hear afterwards. Like, why would you yeah. do that? So considering the kind of pressure he was under, I think he still came out with a pretty solid movie. And like a lot of it's still pretty solid. Like Spider-Man in the black suit is awesome. I, I really like the Sandman story. I like Hoblock Goblin. Um, for this version of Eddie Brock, I think Topher Grace is, is is totally fine. It's not like my favorite version of Venom, but I don't consider it a necessarily bad one. There's some yeah. kind of cheesy lines, like when Peter's like, take off the suit. And he's like, I bet you'd like that, wouldn't you? Like, that's like one kind of cringy line, but doesn't ruin the movie. I think overall, what it's a pretty solid movie. In a certain aspect, isn't that so like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man that he would yeah. say that? Yeah, and, so and this and the like Sam Raimi thing too, which well, I'm going to talk about more later. But like he in, in those movies, he because they're so pioneering, he still has a lot of like comic book lines in there. Yeah, yeah. Which if you look at it in context, they're not as bad. No, it's, it's like, fine. Like, all the movies do that. Like it's nitpicky. I'd say if you're like really have a problem with stuff like that, so it's yeah. not like again like what Connor said. Like it's hard to top Spider Man two. Um, like the Dark Knight kind of thing. So it's like when yeah. you have a movie that it, you're not going to top it, but if you have aspects about it that are kind of worse, some people are going to really rip it apart. Like some people rip apart the Dark Knight Rises, but which I is a great film. That one, own, right? And, and that and that one, I would yeah. I would fight tooth and nail about because sorry, yeah. excuse me, <clears throat> because it's like for one, Joker was supposed to be a huge part of that. I don't even think Bane yeah. was supposed to be in it. I'm pretty sure yeah. we talked about that before. It's like they. They had to rewrite the story. They did really well for how much they had to change because Heath Ledger died. Yep. So, yeah, and they still ended up ending that trilogy fantastically. Yeah. So, shout out Tom I'd Hardy. Say, I'd say the same shout thing. Shout out for Christopher Spider-Man Nolan. 3. And yeah. I mean, it's not like Spider Man 3 was a huge failure. They were doing a Spider Man 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that didn't work out for yeah. whatever reason, which I've read about, but I don't remember at the top of my head. But yeah, yeah Spider Man okay. 3, I'd say, is totally fine, but it's just on the lower side of those movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 All right. Number three, Amazing Spider-Man, which I know is bottom oh of Dawson's list. Um, and don't worry, you'll not be getting. I hate it. Not because I hate you'll it. Be, you'll be getting like all a, these movies. a flaming bag of poop on your doorstep for putting it so low <laughs> on your list. Uh, I love I love Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. He's a fantastic Spider-Man. Um, as much as Emma Stone kind of annoys me, she's pretty good in that. She's doing okay. Uh. Love the lizard as a villain. He's a very straightforward, like, I'm here to turn the city into lizards because lizards are better. And like that's that's what I want. Don't give him too much, don't give him too much motivation. Just make him weird and evil. I like the simplicity of it. I know you don't, Dawson. But it's I, what like, I, I like about it. It's fine. It's just it's something that rewatching it, I was like, hmm. It was something, yeah, it was something you didn't like, but I love. And uh I think his suit's awesome. I think Martin Sheen Uncle Ben is fun uh sally field by far the hottest aunt may uh and that's uh yeah i love amazing spider-man very well done 
Don just Don just can't get over this scene in Forrest Gump where, where she um uh, sleeps with the 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 school the school dean to get Forrest into the school. That's why Don has an an aversion for uh, for Sally Field. Oh. Uh, no, I'm thinking more um more Mrs. Doubtfire when she yells at Robin oh. Williams. Got me going. Classic. My number three, however, is the original Spider-Man. Uh, a classic, <laughs> really, probably, probably revitalized the the movie, the superhero genre in an aspect. It's prior to that. I would say it's. I would say it started it. Well, when I mean, did it come you know, out? You got, you got the George Clooney Batman films. That's that's and like two thousand like X-Men early two thousand. Yeah, I guess yeah, I would or revitalize that, it. That initial but, uh, wave. Yeah, you know, Tobey Maguire is great. I mean, Willem Dafoe is the mm-hmm. villain. I mean, come on, Spider Man, Spider Man, and just Spider Man. Yeah, guy goes, guy goes crazy. Spider Man. It's interesting. I don't talk about this probably more because there is still a Sam Raimi Spider Man film I haven't ranked. But like every every villain's not just evil for the sake of being evil. They're sort of like unfortunate stories of going mad. Which is really nice, but yeah, I said a film I like, and my my knowledge on these films aren't aren't huge because like I watched them like once as a kid, and then didn't watch them again until like a couple months ago when my friend finally convinced me to convince me to do it, and I was like, these are damn good films, you know, damn good films. They're very very good, and yeah. now I'll talk about it more. Am I? I'll I'll, I'll wait till mine because I'll just say I have a couple Sammy Raimi films uh, that are left. Dawson. Uh, for me, I'm I'm still following the trend of Connor, I guess, because Spider-Man 2002 Let's is go. also my number three slot. Um, I always like come across things on like Instagram that compare like all the Spider-Man suits from throughout the years, and like the live-action Spider-Man that was before Tobey Maguire, to me, just looks atrocious, and it's just super <laughs> amazing to me that you go from that to the amazingness of not. I was going to say, I was going to make an amazing Spider-Man pun, but I decided not to. Of uh, Spider-Man 2002, that you can go from something like, I forget the year of the, that first live-action Spider-Man, but uh, Sam Raimi's just like is such a leap in such a good direction. that It's amazing that in 2002, you could have a Spider-Man movie be that good. And and, and there's parts of it that like you'd, like you'd look at it out of context and you'd think, this is kind of ridiculous. Like you'd look at, um, Spider-Man having webs come out of his wrists potentially, or Green Goblin on his own. Like you look at that costume out of context, and you might be like, "Wow, that looks kind of ridiculous." But you just you put Willem Dafoe behind that, and it it doesn't matter. It's amazing, and that's one thing Messy. about No Way No Way Home that generational like, actor Willem Dafoe. Yeah, it's just like he's fantastic as Green Goblin. He makes like like you were saying that like he's he's not evil per se. He's just like he's unfortunate circumstances um are kind of what make him it's just like the more the serum that kind of turns him a little crazy but uh he still does a fantastic job of being you're convinced you're afraid of him i as a kid i you know the scene when uh spider-man goes into the flaming building to rescue people and he's the old woman he's the old woman that's i cried at that as a kid i couldn't watch anytime i watched this movie and i watched it a lot i would have to turn away at that moment i could watch all the way me too the moment I saw that old woman like gown or whatever, I looked away until I heard like the the jump scare part of it. Awesome. And like the fight scenes, the cinema, the the like CGI or lack thereof, like the cool practical effects 
are amazing for a 2002 film. That final fight mm-hmm. between Green Goblin and Spider-Man and like that destroyed well, the building. Sets are, the sets are so awesome. Yeah. It's so yeah. cool. And it's, it's such like a personal fight. Like a lot of, I guess, not that it's a bad thing, but like Amazing Spider-Man, for example, a lot of CGI are used in those fights, especially when it comes to like Electro versus Spider-Man. A lot of it's like pretty much all, all CGI. His, his eyes are all CGI. Yeah, but it's like it's like it's such a big uh, blockbuster-esque fight in those movies. And th- this movie with Green Goblin versus Spider-Man, their final fight, it's such a personal fight. And I've like never that was like my first instance of seeing a superhero and a supervillain get so personal with a fight like seeing like toby Maguire's spider-man suit get so ripped up and him get so bloody it's like i'd never as a kid never seen that to that degree but it made so much sense to me that i was like mm-hmm. this is amazing and it was so mm-hmm. amazing seeing something so personal from like a a comic book blockbuster um, yeah so big very fan very good and this all ties into my number two film which is spider-man 2002 <laughs> Sam Raimi Uh, and I will I will tackle it from a side that I'm going to talk about a little bit more with my number one which I mean it's tough to keep track at this point but uh, I think we're all going to have the same number one I feel like we've got a similar number one number two is Spider-Man one and Sam Raimi it's because he's a horror movie director and they let him do horror movie stuff in these movies and Spider-Man three doesn't have as as much of it probably because they had to yeah jam Venom in there and there's just not as much room to do it but spider-man one that old lady scene that's a horror movie scene and it's so well done because like he did evil dead he did all the evil deads and he's great at it uh when he gets the time he can tell a great story um and uh he's he's just excellent at building that the tension and making you frightened and to do that in a spider-man movie is very it's very impressive and like the dialogue looking at it through the lens of maybe today you think oh you put that line in there but it's it's great because he's taken a comic book to the screen like everything j jonah jameson is he's a comic book character yeah. the green goblin straight up after the first fight he's flying away going we'll meet again spider-man <laughs> he says that he says a comic book line and it's mm-hmm. great maybe but just because it's willem dafoe but it works yeah but even it's like that scene where uh green goblin like knocks out spider-man and he wakes up on that rooftop and they have that like personal conversation such like, a even good conversation that's, that's such a good conversation especially for like superhero stuff yeah. like you never really consider it that yeah doesn't matter if it's comic book or not that was just a oh mm. yeah and the scene the scene when they're having dinner and he's clearly he's not norman osborne he's clearly still the goblin yeah. and he yeah. sees his arm cut and he's like how did you do that yeah peter <laughs> I don't know if that's what he says, but it's like it's some very good tension. Yeah. And he just goes out and basically calls MJ a whore and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> number two is Spider-Man 1. That's my number two. Uh, going to my number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I don't feel like I really have to say a whole lot about this one because we broke it down quite in depth. On the last episode, season two, episode one of The Ice Bath, listen to it if you haven't already. Um yeah it's again classic i love love that didn't take itself too seriously a bunch of memes brought back and yeah as more of a casual spider-man fan it was very enjoyable to sit and listen to and see all the old spider-man and like references and honestly overall it was just a really good plot the stakes were like i mean they were like end of the world as you were talking about earlier but it was also like very personal like hey spider-man's gonna grow up and like I, no one's gonna know who i am anymore he has to make that choice it's kind of mm-hmm. it's very like this might be an overused reference, but it's almost like Empire Strikes Back, where they kind of he kind of Spider Man kind of loses in the end. 
because no one knows who he is anymore and like loses his girlfriend and his best friend. Mm-hmm. It's true. And then uh heavy, heavy foreshadowing with Ned going, I won't be a villain, and now he doesn't <laughs> know who you are, and he's definitely gonna be a villain. <laughs> I think Man. in the comics Ned does become a villain. I don't remember what his name yeah. is. But that's know. that's happening. I'll find it while Dawson's going. Spider Man four. My, my number two, also Spider Man No Way Home. I was let's go, Dawson. I, for me, it was a little back and forth. I almost had it at number one, and then Don was talking about kind of the plot hole things, and some of that stuff kind of bothers me a bit, so I kind of lowered it. Um, but yeah, I love uh, the personal story that is in this movie for, for Peter. Um, like, there's, I love when there's like really clear like this is Spider-Man as a character moments for me, like amazing Spider-Man two captures that after Gwen dies. And then Peter finally makes the decision to go back as Spider-Man. And like the movie ends with him fighting Rhino. I love that, that scene. I actually rewatched just that scene today because I just, I wanted to, um, but in this movie with love, him, love seeing, love seeing Emma Stone's head snap back. Not that scene. No, I did not watch that. I, I meant like the, when the kid runs out with the Spider-Man costume. Oh, yeah. Rhino's like, I am the Rhino. Google. I am He's the like, Rhino. Exactly. I watched I that. I am Paul Giamatti. And for this, for No Way Home, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, I love that Spider-Man, Peter Parker made such a Spider-Man decision to put everything in head, ahead of himself and make sure everyone forgot him to save the world. And then on top of that, he sees MJ with the Band-Aid on her head and know, knows that he is doing, he is protecting them by not telling her who he is. And that's such a Spider-Man decision for me that I just, I, that's I went true. from really liking the movie yeah. to loving the movie right in that moment. And then yeah. talking, like I talked about how good Willem Dafoe is as Green Goblin in the original Spider-Man. And I was scared that they would kind of dumb it down a bit for, for No Way Home. He's almost scarier. Him, he's almost scarier. <laughs> yeah. They don't even give him a mask in this one, and it's terrifying. And like and those I, same cool personal discussions he had with Tobey Maguire in 2002, he's having with Tom Holland mm-hmm. in this movie. And it's just amazing that like over like 20 years later, you can still have that character be just as good and do kind of the same kind of thing, but to a, the same degree, if not better. And that was amazing. And I liked that. I was so scared of all these villains coming back and them not hitting the mark with it but somehow they managed to do great things with yeah. all of them they yeah. even keep the lizard consistent where he doesn't really change at all he's still just sitting in the van going i'm gonna turn everybody into a lizard <laughs> no, he yeah. Yeah. there's no character development because he doesn't need yeah. it he's yeah. still a yeah. lizard I, I remember like in a in an interview willem defoe did he's like if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna go all out and like i'm gonna do like a lot of my own stunts. stunts if i can do them oh, i'm gonna yeah. do them yeah like it's yeah. not gonna be like quick cut fight scene where you don't know what's going on now he went in and got dirty and did it like 70 years old which is awesome yeah yeah love it hey man he's 68 i think oh sorry i think yeah i just know he's under 70 big fan if my my math is correct we all have the same film at number one so i guess we We might open and don gets don gets to talk about it first can i announce it though because it's my turn for it yeah sure (laughs) my number one my number one Spider-Man film. This is my drum roll. Spider-Man 2. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Doc Ock. Shout out Guillermo Fantastic. del Toro. One of the best sequences in any... 
Alfred Molina. One of the best Alfred Molina has, has <laughs> Doc Ock. One of the best sequences, I would say, in, in any uh, superhero film is the arms coming alive during the I, surgery I, scene because that's a horror movie, movie scene yeah, again. I was going to talk about so that. Good. The power of the it's sun so in my hand. The power of the sun in the ball. It's, it's scary. <laughs> it's really, really well done. He kills like 12 people. Yeah. Right there, right then and there. Joel McHale's in it. He's the banker, yeah, banker. <laughs> that denies them yeah. a, a remortgage on their house. It's it's great. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I love that movie. Um, Spider Man yeah. is great in it. His whole uh, existential crisis arc is fantastic. Um, Doc Ock is amazing. It's all great. All yeah, of it. I, by you've put that quite well. I will say my favorite scene in the entire Spider-Man franchise ever, I think, is, and I've talked about this before on our show, is where when they get denied the loan with Joel McHale and and then he has that fight and he saves Aunt May and he sets her down and he's like, yeah, we really showed him. And Aunt May's like, who's we? And then Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man just goes, oh, and rocks off. (laughs) He just just leaves. (laughs) It it was something that I don't really remember from the movie's when i was a kid but aunt may definitely knows he's spider-man through the whole thing because there's also a scene in uh in the third one where he's talking about killing the sandman because he thinks the sandman was the guy who killed uncle or he finds out that he was the one that killed him and he goes i i mean he when he's talking about (laughs) spider-man and aunt may just doesn't even react to it like okay she definitely knows Uh, and the way another another no go for it sorry Another another epic scene is obviously the freeze frame in the middle of the movie. I mean, like peak cinema, right? Hot dog. Just, just ha! <laughs> and it's great. Because he's he's yeah. transformed, but he's a hero in his own right. Yeah. And he then, saves, and then of course, he saves the kid. Yeah, and of course, pizza time. The title of the episode and the last one I, I it's just so funny it's so it's so memeable and it's serious but at the same time toby mcguire is not serious and it's it's just it's great for me personally and i guess yeah. it's you guys is number one as well yeah it's just a good film it is it is my number one as well i for me what i really like about it is it's more than just like a spider-man versus a villain kind of story like spider-man has to fight with himself too with like that existential crisis which as a kid seeing that i was like it's really cool seeing a superhero have something else rather than just the villain to deal with i mean other movies have something on the side as well but like this one really hits it home with making it a very personal spider-man story and making it that like it's just his own kind of like inner demons that are causing the issue um which was something different because usually you see superheroes as like invincible and they're always the superhero part of them is always like the best part and usually it's like the one behind the mask that has to deal with other issues but the fact that peter parker's problems cause spider-man's problems too is really cool and um doc ock is awesome that train fight to this day is still one of the best superhero fight scenes ever yeah if you Um, want to get to him you gotta go through me yeah, and even that, like a moment just with like just regular people like defending Spider Man is so cool. Hey man, yeah. they're not regular people, they're New Yorkers. New York. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> so I yeah. I'm a really I, I don't want to go too over because you guys have said some really great things about it, but I, I really like this movie too. 
big consensus pick. Fan. I really want to rewatch it. Number one. Number it's one. always yeah. worth the rewatch. Consensus you know, the number one pick, Spider Man 2. I, I would like to say, despite probably being the most casual fan of the Spider Man franchise of the three of us, I sort of set the baseline for how these films should be ranked because lower end of the list, Don, me and Don were very similar. Upper end of the list, me and Dawson were pretty much identical. Mm-hmm. Which makes me feel good because Dawson's a true fan, and I'm just a bit of a hack when it comes to Spider Man. Then what am I? So, then what am I? Just one of those. You're a mid fan. I'm a mid fan. Well, I don't know. It, it, it brings me great comfort to know that me and Dawson are on the same page with these films. Maybe for a completely different reason. Dawson's more like plot lines and legitimate thoughts, and me like, yeah, this was funny. <laughs> the bright colors on the screen. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so well, that, that is season two episode two of the ice bath the ice uh, bath the ice bath thank you for listening uh, leave a like uh, and subscribe oh, if you nice. enjoyed it if you really enjoyed us leave us a five star leave us any rating um, five star what, rating what else on to, Uber. thank you what else to, for making sure this podcast gets uploaded to the internet <laughs> the internet the internet the internet uh, is there anything else that uh, cool kids say when they finish off their podcast uh subscribe to my patreon um <laughs> shout out to my favorite donors of the week uh xx mommy's boy xx and um kitten caboodle one two three thanks for Thanks for all the the, the the donations. You make this possible. You are the fourth host of the Ice Bat. The fans. You're the true backbone of the podcast. Indeed. Indeed. So yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week, which with whatever comes up during the week, which I didn't think there'd be a lot to talk about this week, but there ended up being a lot to talk about this. So we'll much probably have a lot more. Yeah, yeah, we got we got more to come for sure. I'm Don Sutherland from Q107. <laughs> uh, Can I'm you I'm Dawson Bainbridge from my basement. And I'm Connor Gronstall from Assiniboia, Saskatchewan. Assiniboia, represent. Shout out. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah.